I'm Bob Shaw. You're listening to Top Shelf Hockey, where we bring you all things hockey all the time. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf Hockey. We're finally going to get to talk about real hockey and not analysis and interviews. Let's start things Let's start things off with uh, the Canucks. Nab, what are your thoughts on the first three games for the Canucks? Well, obviously, it's been pretty positive for Vancouver being up 2-1, especially the past two games looking pretty dominant. What do you guys think? Nab, go, or Rory, go ahead. Um, yeah, um, I don't want to... I feel like I'm sta- I'd be stating the obvious by saying this, but game one was like where Pedersen and like Besser had to, um, and like all their young players had to um, get used to um, playoff hockey, extra hacking, whacking, fewer calls. But then after they um they learned the hard way in game one, um, see that them. Long, yeah, no, I agree with you. That first game, I think Quinn Hughes could not make a shot on goal to save his life. He just, (laughs) I think he was just nervous. You know, he couldn't. He kept, you know, turning over the puck, and then, uh, you know, all the other guys. I mean, you can't single him out only because the rest of the team was pretty bad as well. Yeah. Um, game two, I think they found their legs. Um, and then obviously game three, they all played, you know, terrific. Oh yeah. Um. One of the things that does concern me, Nab, though, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is I think the refs are going to put the whistles away. They called way too many penalties in game three. Uh, I think we're going to see a gritty game. It's an elimination game, and I don't think they're going to call penalties. So what do you think the Canucks should do to kind of be prepared for that? I definitely think you have a point there, especially with almost 15 or 16 power plays combined in the last game. I think the refs are going to put the whistles away next game, and it all boils down to how they play five-on-five. I think the... Lotto line of Miller, Pedersen, and Besser will really have to step up in that situa- situation, and obviously Horvat and the second line. Yeah, no, that's a, that's absolutely true. I, I think I want to dive kind of further into Canucks, though. Uh, you know, Nab, what's been the difference for the Canucks, though? I mean, you're seeing guys like the energy line, I think, in the third line really step up. Guys like Zach McEwen. Furlan played well, but he's kind of gone now, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Jake Vertanen's had a less of an impact, but he's, you know, he's, they've won when he's been in the lineup. Louis Erickson's been not terrible. Um, what, what do you think about that? Honestly, I think the reason why Vancouver's up two to one is their best players have been their best players. We talked about Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, then JT Miller, Horvat, and Besser's resurgence. But to your point, um, the bottom six has done fairly decently, especially last game, getting some contributions like Antoine Roussel playing a nice physical game. But like I said, the main thing with Vancouver is if they're going to win, it's going to be with their top six forwards because that's the strength of their team and Quinn Hughes playing so well. Yeah, no, for sure. Rory, I think uh, one of the differences we're seeing at least early on, and it's way too early to kind of conclusively judge anything, but um, this team at least right now, is pushing back against uh, kind of the chippiness. They're not they're not shying away from it. You've seen Pedersen, uh, you know, stand up for himself and hitting Hartman. Uh, well, Hartman kind of dove there. I, mean, I don't even think he really got contact on him there. Um, and I think Fiala as well. So do, how do you think the Canucks are going to respond moving forward? And do you think this will continue if we do make to the playoffs against a team like, say, Colorado? Um, I hope so. I mean, like, being your own players, um, get 
like beat up and, and pushed over with like no response. We've seen that a few times too many over the years here in Vancouver, and it's frustrating as a fan. Um, now, to answer your question about um, if they advance to the next round and will we see this continue, um, I think we will. I think we will because, like, Pedersen has made it clear that he does does not get pushed around. Like, he has that fiery attitude that you you like to see in your top players. And yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Nab, I don't. I know you're gonna say I'm. A, I'm, I'm obviously a biased Pavel Burry fan, but you know, I, I don't want to compare this to the elbow on uh, Shane Churla. But at least he's standing up for himself. And you know, playoff hockey is just gonna get tougher. It's only gonna get dirtier and faster. Uh, so I same question that I asked Rory. How do you think the Canucks are going to respond? I mean, obviously tonight, I don't even want to talk about the next round, but tonight, you know, the Wild, they're going to come out there with everything they got. They're going to be physical. And I think the Wild are going to be a lot better tonight than they were in game three. No, for sure. I think this core of Canucks led by Pedersen definitely has a bit more feistiness than what we've seen with the Sedin era or the Nasland era, where you see players like Pedersen and even Quinn Hughes to an extent fight back if they get pushed around. And that's the calling card you need to be a champion. One thing I do want to touch on is with Arizona winning today, if Vancouver does move on, we are going to play either Dallas or St. Louis because they are the third or fourth seed out of the playing teams. So if you look at Dallas and St. Louis, they're just a step up from a team like Minnesota where they're more defensive minded and play a more physical game. So we'll definitely need to ramp up our physical game as well. Yeah, that's a, those are, that's a good point. Got two quick things to add on to that. Nab, you mentioned uh, we're going to play St. Louis or Dallas. So this is kind of a two-parter. How do you think, uh, how do you think we'd match up against a team, either of those teams for one? And then also, how reliant are we on Marshall? I mean, he's one of the stats I think that I, you know is just crazy. Is uh, you know, we have not allowed uh, a five-on-five goal in this entire series. Every goal Minnesota has scored has been on the power play, or it's been with their goalie pulled. So I think that's on one hand, that's uh, a testament to the Canucks' defense as well as uh, Markstrom. But are we too reliant on Markstrom early on, or you know, obviously Markstrom hides a lot of liabilities on this team. He's uh, you know, he's been. Con- Excellent this year. Uh, kind of pissed off he wasn't a nominee for Vesna. He sh- absolutely should have been. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, just going back to the regular season, all the numbers do show that we were way too reliant on Jacob Markstrom. And that's why a bunch of the analytics people picked Minnesota to win because they were supposed to be the better five on five team, which hasn't played out. But if we are going to have a chance against Dallas or St. Louis, we're going to need Markstrom to be at the top of his game. But at the same time, we're going to need to play better as a team to support him. And how do you think we'll do uh, with against Dallas or St. Louis? Like, how do we match up? To be honest, against St. Louis, over the past couple of years, we have played them pretty well. They would obviously be the favorite, but I don't think we would get swept or dominated in any certain situation Dallas is a weird team because when they're on they're one of the best defensive teams in the league where they shut you down like the old New Jersey Devil teams where their problem lies is this they just have no offense at all guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan haven't been the same over the past couple years and when they're playing their game 
they're winning 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. They have a tough time scoring. So if we can penetrate that Dallas defense, I think we would have a chance as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Rory, kind of following up again on Markstrom here. Uh, this, this, Rory, this is for you and also to Nabs. Well, uh, I think Markstrom's demonstrated uh, we have to keep the guy. Um, so, one, would you guys agree that we got to keep the guy? And how? what kind of contract do you think we can uh, – get for him and how many years I, I I personally want to see at least something three to four years because and even if that means we have to trade Demko I'm for it because Markstrom has been lights out unbelievable not only in the playoffs but uh the regular season he's the only reason we're even here I mean we've got good pieces in Pedersen and Hughes and all that but let's be honest this team is essentially a pretty mediocre team without Markstrom yeah definitely um there's no question that Jim Benning and company are going to try to do everything they can to sign him. Without him, I don't even think this team's a playoff team next year. And in regards to the contract, I definitely think it's going to have to be at least three or four years. And if it's four years, probably around 5.8 million to 6.2. And if it's three years, maybe closer to 6.5. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Rory, you want to add on to that before I add something else on that? Um. Uh, I don't have much else to say. I agree with you both that we definitely need to keep um Markstrom, or else, or else we're gonna, it's gonna we're gonna turn into like a goalie graveyard like we did at the beginning of the two thousands where it was all offense and no goaltending for us here. Yeah, if only we had a a good goaltender during the the Marcus Nash yeah. there, I think we would have. <laughs> We could have definitely won a cup or something, or at least made a deep run. Um, yeah, Nab, I think, would you uh, – so how much room do we have to keep this guy? Because, like, I, I would even go as far as, I mean, if it's a money-based issue, then, like, if we can afford to, I'd even give him, like, upward north of $6 million to keep him. But uh, uh, and even if that means letting Tanev go, and I don't think Toffoli's staying anymore. He's just, you know, he's a great player, but I don't think he's going to stay after this season. Well, we all know that Vancouver's in a pretty tough situation cap-wise. Obviously, they're going to try to keep Markstrom. I don't think his money or his contract will be the issue. But by keeping him, we're going to have to let people like Tanev go. Probably um, Tyler Toffoli. We've all heard Jake Vertanen's name on the rumor mill. Not because he isn't a good middle six forward, but we just don't have the cap space to keep him with all the money we're going to have to keep aside for Pedersen and Hughes coming up the year after. Yeah, is Hughes uh, is Hughes in year one of his deal, or is he still in year two of his deal, or is he on year two? I mean, well, year this two. is still this is his this is still his year one, but since he um, burned um, since he played five games last year, it burned a year of his deal, so he becomes a free agent or restricted free agent after next summer. Oh, that is uh, it's unfortunate. Then I guess we gotta. Yeah, you're right. We gotta definitely hang on to him. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we kind of covered the Canucks. Um, let's start talk about kind of other stuff going on in the league. So right before we started this, literally Montreal just upset Pittsburgh. What are you guys' thoughts on that? If you told me this a week ago, I would have called you a big fat liar, to be honest. <laughs> but this, the way Pittsburgh lost is pretty astonishing. I don't think Carey Price really stood on his head all all four games, like he was 
definitely good, but then he wasn't the sole reason why they lost. Pittsburgh just didn't play a good game at all. Their offensive stars weren't really contributing, and even their death players didn't get it done, which is surprising to me. Yeah, Roy, what do you think? Because, I mean, you look at the Montreal roster. I mean, yeah, they've got veterans in Shea Weber and Carey Price. They've got uh, young forwards in uh, that I don't even know. You're going you're to laugh at this because I have no idea. <laughs> let, let, me, let me say it for you. You're sparing Kotkaniemi. Wow. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm just looking at this guy's name. I'm like, Cod, Cod, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea to say this guy's name. Um, Yeah, him, and there's Max Domi. Nick Suzuki uh, also. Nick Suzuki. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Nick Suzuki's there. Gallagher's there. But, I mean, like, these aren't, these aren't big-name stars. Uh, You know, is it just timing is off? Is it the, one of the COVID surprises we thought? Like, Montreal, I mean, because I don't, I don't, I can't see Montreal beating um, – a playoff team, they're gonna have to play either Tampa Bay or Boston in the first round. They're gonna play the number one seed. Yeah. Um, and there, there's no way that this team could beat a team like Boston. Um, Tampa, you never know because they're they they choked last year against Columbus. So I wouldn't be surprised if this year Montreal was the one who surprised them. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think on that one? Well, to start off with, um, tomorrow, uh, Tampa and Philly play for first overall in the East. And whoever wins that game gets to face Montreal. And just just to step aside on the Montreal aspect for a sec, I think the Pittsburgh aspect is a more interesting one because I think a point has to be made up is, are we underestimating the decline of Pittsburgh? First of all, they got swept in last year's playoffs. January onward this year, they were one of the worst teams in the league. And now they lost to a pretty awful team in Montreal. I think the question that definitely has to be asked is Pittsburgh on their way down. Yeah, that's a good point, Roy. What do you think about that? Because, I mean, Crosby, it's also Crosby's birthday today. He got a year old. Oh. I think he's like 33 now. Yes. Um, yes. And his contract either ends next year or the year after that. Um, His big 12-year deal. So, I mean, obviously, they're going to – it's Pittsburgh. They're obviously going to sign him, and they should sign him. Yeah. But how many more years do you think uh, they can still – I mean, Crosby, I think, will still play for a long time. But how many years can he still be – um, you know, one of the best players in the game because he's still one of the best players in the game in the regular season this year. Uh, I have no doubt he could continue this going forward for a few more years, but um, he's no longer. There's other stars in the game now that it's not just Crosby's Crosby's league. Yeah, well, I I'm I th- I'm gonna have to um go with um what you um said. I think he has I think he has um at least three, probably three to four, like elite years left in the league and he's 33 right now probably when he turns 36 is probably when you're going to see some noticeable decline because 30 36 is um 36 is the age where um a lot of players you start to notice some their decline yeah no for sure uh, two big series I'm definitely interested in is the Toronto Columbus one and the Edmonton Chicago one. Now, what the hell's wrong with Toronto again? I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I, th- this was the year they had all the stars in Columbus. I mean, they did really well last year, but they we the, the Rangers took Panarin from them. They're a team of basically they're like the Moneyball team. They just they have a bunch of misfits in that team, and obviously they have Pierre Luc Dubois who's like really good and and all that. But Toronto paid like 18 million dollars for three guys up front they they have it's their building there's no they're not flying to columbus 
They have, um, you know, their team's pretty much healthy on, on other than on the front, on the forward side, sorry, on the defense side. Obviously, losing Muzzin was a huge blow to them, but what's up with Toronto? The thing that has to be said about Toronto is it's not the fact that they lose, it's how they lose. They look so dominant in the first and second period, then they go up 3 nothing, and you just let the gas off the pedal and just let Columbus back in. You have you really have to start to wonder if it's a motivation problem with Toronto because they've already fired their coach. They're running out of excuses. This The team itself isn't built the right way where they have their four offensive stars, but all their forwards are basically the same offensive skill type. Defense is mediocre at best, and Frederick Anderson isn't a goalie who can steal games, although he is a great goalie. It's just something has to change with Toronto, especially if they lose a series. You know, I saw I saw a great tweet today from uh, for some from someone about the Leafs, and it's like uh, basically had every single excuse you could possibly think of, and it showed how this year those excuses don't apply, and it all boils down to Kyle Dubis and the uh, analytics crew. Uh, do you think this is too much relying on analytics and all that, or is it just is it deeper than that? Well, I think they the way they built their team is okay. In the draft, they took the best player available, which happened to be Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, which is perfectly fine. But then after that, they, in hindsight, people will probably kill me for saying this, but was signing John Tavares the best move? Spending eleven million dollars on another superstar forward, where they probably needed to allocate that money elsewhere on defense which really shows because after Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin, their defense is pretty mediocre at best. That's a good point. They, uh, they've, you know, they've given Tavares the hometown kid. He, and he's obviously a great player and all, but the, the Leafs have spent so much up front. They, uh, they, they have so much issues on the back end. That I don't know, like maybe, maybe you trade one of these guys. I know apparently I saw this morning that uh, Nylander was on the trading block. Uh, you think he could fetch a good return? Well, the Toronto media has been speculating Nylander is going to be traded since the day Tavares has got there, which may be the case. And he honestly would get you a good defenseman back since he is a 70-point forward. But I guess you would have to see what the return is before you can truly judge it. For sure. Yeah, Roy, we did uh, we did the Toronto thing now. What about, what about Edmonton? I mean, this is their building. Connor McDavid's been absolutely unreal in these playoffs. Um Obviously, Chicago is a veteran team, more experienced team, and you can never count Kane and Taves and that crew out. Crawford's been there a while, too. Um, but, you know, like Edmonton's got two of the best offensive players in the game, points-wise. They've got defense prospects that are, you know, up and coming that are going to be really good. Koskinen's all right. Like, why, why aren't they winning? Um, I... Haven't been following that series as um, much as I would have um, liked to, but I did see the first game um, when they started Mike Smith and <laughs> did not get good goaltending from him in that first period. That first yeah, in that first game, they got blown out. What say you, Nab? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think we talked a little bit about this in the Gene Prince Bay interview what they need to do, but 
going forward, I mean, they, they have they have that Broberg guy on defense as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Darnell Nurse is there. Um, yeah. I mean, Edmonton has to win this series. They have to get to the playoffs. They, they, Connor McDavid, I know he's locked in, but at some point, this guy's like – it's not like if he didn't show up, you could, you could, you'd have an easy point finger to blame someone. Uh, but, I mean, this guy showed up. He's carried this team. He's scoring goals every game. Um, but they're still not winning. Well, with what you discussed with Gene Principe, all that went out the window, how he talked about um, their coach, Tippett, um, really deployed a good defensive system. If you watch their three games, they've essentially been playing shinny hockey, even though they have a good defensive core with a good top four and young guys like Bear and Jones stepping up their defensive play has been non-existent and that can't be the case with mediocre goaltending with Mike Smith and uh, Miko Koskinen. That makes sense. How do you think uh, Arizona Coyotes GM that, that quit feels today? They just moved on to the re- second round of the, or the, the the actual playoffs. They beat the Preds. <laughs> John Chakia uh, quit right before these playoffs and now his team's moving on. Honestly, he, I still think he's feeling good about it. Even though they beat a Nashville team who looks like they're on the decline now, how far do you honestly think they're going to go? And especially with Taylor Hall or, Restri- or UFA, he's not going to resign there. Their team's still a mess, and with that ownership, I think I would rather go for a more stable franchise as well. Like how he... Yeah, I think... I agree. I think this is more ownership. I mean... Coyotes, let's be honest. I don't care how much Gary Bedman tries to prop them up. They just won't have stability there because it's Arizona. Uh-huh. Definitely. They, uh, you know, I mean, there's rumors, and I've been, I've been, you know, proponent of them just moving off to Houston because Houston's been wanting a team for a long time. Uh, Coyotes are already moving into the, the Central Division when Seattle starts. So, you know, if they're going to be in that division, Houston's going to make a play for them. And at some point, Gary's going to have to realize that this is just not going to work. Um, also, I, I absolutely hate those jerseys that they wear, the uh, the, the ones they've brought back from, like, the, the, the early inception years. It just, it just looks like a like a four-year-old Jerusalem yeah. kid's pick, and they decided to paste it on their jersey. Like, I don't know, Paul Bissonnette likes it. A lot of these guys like it, but I just think it looks ugly. They're not my favorite, but I don't hate them as much as you do. But I, I agree with your point as well, where at some point the league is just going to have to cut their ties with Arizona and move somewhere else, especially if their numbers continue or continue to stay middling or even decline. One thing is I would like to give them a chance where one day, if they do become a constant playoff team, I would like to see if fans do show up where I think it's unfair to call their fans poor or bad since would you really want to go see an Arizona Coyotes game? If you live there where they continue continuously lose every year. Also, isn't it like they just like Ottawa? They don't actually play in Phoenix. They play in like uh, they play in Glendale, yeah, they play which in is Glendale, uh, which is yeah. Apparently, so that's not like, even Phoenix. Yeah, they play. Apparently, they were sharing a chart where their demographic fan base lives about like fifty minutes away from the arena, which is which makes things really difficult to go to games. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ottawa is a Canadian city. If if you're further away, you're gonna be pissed off and might not sell as much, but you're still gonna find a way to go to the game. If you're in Arizona. And you you have to go far, and you live in Phoenix to go to a game. You're gonna just say screw it, and just you know, there's so many other sporting options there uh, to choose from. Yeah, for sure. Huh. 
Although there is the dream scenario, I think I think the league would like to see this. And again, this is purely financial. I don't think this is like if Toronto would want to do this, but Austin Matthews is from Phoenix, um, or Scottsdale. So if he if his contract ends and he wants to you know save money and on tax reasons and all that, and the and the league wants a star in that area, he could go home play for his hometown team. It helps the league also grow the game in the Southwest as well as Mexico because uh, that allows them to do like those international games that the that we already do in Europe and Asia. Uh, you know, do a game in Mexico City. Um, so I don't. Know, do, do you think just for financial, like you know, Gretzky got sold to the Kings. Let's be honest; it helped. Uh, yeah. The Pocklington was broke. The league wanted to expand to the U.S. and they send him to L.A. You think obviously he's not he's no Wayne Gretzky, but you think he could go to uh, uh, Phoenix just for that reason? Well, first off, is I don't think Toronto would ever trade their franchise forward. If he does leave, it would be on his own um, accord and in free agency. But then it all goes back to if that time comes, will Arizona be a team where? Matthews can possibly see a winner, and if that's the case, that would be an option. But then it's been 20 years since we've been watching them, and they've been mediocre at best. Why would you want to go there if you're Matthews? Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, Roy, what do you think? If free agents, like, other than maybe tax reasons and weather and golf and all that, but Matthews, I can see going there only because it's his hometown. But, you know, free agents aren't going to line up to go to Phoenix to play. Um, I, I think I can definitely see him going there also. Um, like what you said, because, um, because it's his hometown and because there'll be, um, a lot less, um, media spotlight pressure on him. I, I, yeah, I, mean, I just for get sure. the Obviously, idea that he doesn't enjoy, um, all the media coverage he gets in Toronto. But... Yeah. The Toronto media is the worst of all. I mean, no one... <laughs> No one likes playing in Toronto. I mean, go ask Phil Kessel uh, how much he hated playing in Toronto. Um, all right, guys, quick questions here. Now let's just do the wrap around. I want to get your predictions on this. I know, Nav, you predicted your series winners. I have them somewhere saved, yeah. but uh, let's just get this on the podcast. So both of you guys, one after the other. Nav, you start. Uh, Edmonton or Chicago winning the series? Well, now I will go with Chicago just because I think they'll find a way to close it out. But beforehand, I did pick Edmonton. Rory? Uh, yeah, I agree with um, I agree with Nab on both of them. I initially would have said Edmonton. Like, I never would have guessed Chicago. But like now with three games in the books, I'm gonna have to say Chicago also. Well, I got uh, I got NHL.com in front of me right now, and Edmonton's up one nothing on Chicago right now. But it's like. <laughs> Super early on, so yeah. they have uh, the whole game to absolutely blow this. <laughs> uh, all right, so Toronto Columbus, I think uh, I think Columbus will take it. Um, they got two games; they'll they'll find a way to close it out. Uh, just for the sake, I think of it, Canucks. Just for the yeah, sake ahead, of it, I think I'll just say Toronto will somehow come back. Toronto does seem to play better when their back is against the wall, so maybe that will help, but I don't have much faith, but just on a little whimsy, I'll say Toronto will come back and win. What, what about you, Rory? I'm going to say I'm gonna say Columbus. Columbus and Yeah, five. I think Columbus is a safer pick, but I mean, I would like to see Toronto get past the hump just to 
just to get something out of their efforts. But I, right now, I'm thinking Columbus takes it. And obviously, uh, I'm thinking Canucks uh, take our series. I don't know if they'll do it tonight. Hopefully, they'll do it tonight. But uh, uh, you know, I'd like to. I think the Canucks will take it. Yeah, I think that as well. Whether it's game four or five, I think Vancouver will win one of them and close it out. Yeah, I'm I, I'm going Vancouver, Vancouver as well. Um, what about the ultimate prize? Who are you guys' cup winners? I've been saying this for five years and may as well say it for a sixth. I think this is finally the year Tampa Bay Lightning finally take it all. Wow, now that's a shocker considering you. I think this is the one year Philadelphia has a much easier path to winning this thing. I think they could – I mean, then again, my predictions have been absolute shit for the uh, – for these playoffs, I, I I thought the Rangers were going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They get swept in three games. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to put any uh, stock into my my predictions, but I think I'm not cheering for them. But I think Philadelphia will do well, and I'll cheer for them if they're playing Boston. But uh, um, I I want to see Coach Av get a cup. Um, if that if it comes down to that, I don't want to see Tampa win. So I think a battle between the Flyers and Ovechkin would be a good series. From the West, I want to see Colorado do well because it's better to see Colorado do well right now than when we get much better and have to play them in the playoffs every year. So um, those are my my picks on that. What about you guys? I uh, People probably know I am a Flyers fan, and I'm glad you said it first. I do see Philadelphia going on a little bit of run, but let's not forget this is their first year of kind of – becoming a contender. So I don't think they'll win it all, but I do see a conference final of Tampa and Philly. And on the West, I would say St. Louis and Colorado. And eventually, Tampa Bay winning the Cup finally. That's a solid pick. What about you, Rory? Um, um, am I giving... Um... Am I giving them a prediction for um Stanley Cup Finals or for a Cup winner or um just in general? Who do you think is going to do well? Um, I think neither of you said Vegas. I think Vegas is going to do really well because they they looked unstoppable once they got their stride in like February, March, right before um the COVID shutdown. That's true. I uh, I think Vegas. You can never count those guys out. Um, they play, they play real well. Um, For sure. you, you just can't count them out. And those just, are all the questions I have, guys. Do you just guys have uh, to update add? the score. Chicago has tied it, so we have to choke <laughs> begin for Edmonton. <laughs> all right. Oh man, that was uh, that was that was hilarious. Um, wow. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, this one was a you know no agenda or anything like that. We just just you know talk whatever the hell uh, we wanted to. So um, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having. Yeah, no thanks for having us back. Yeah.